Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today we are embarking on a virtual journey to Sydney, Australia for a conversation with Dr. Mark Williams. As a professor of cognitive neuroscience with over 25 years of experience in behavioral and brain imaging research. Dr. Mark brings a wealth of knowledge to our discussion. Also, Dr. Mark's new book, The Connected Species, is making waves in our understanding of human connection. So welcome, Dr. Mark, to the RV. Thank you for having me, Lucia. It's my pleasure. So you hail from a small town in Australia and now call Sydney home. What aspect of Sydney living do you cherish the most? I'm very, very lucky to live about 150 meters from the beach. Uh, so I live on the northern beaches, um, which is an amazing part of Sydney. Uh, so I think that's that's the, the most special part about being here, here close to the city. Um, but at the same time, you have the beach um, and it's a beautiful beach. So I, I love that aspect of it. Yes, I know. Beaches in Australia are just fascinating. It has been on my bucket list for a long time. And actually, Dr. Mark, I published a book featuring an, the iconic opera house on the cover. Yes. So wow. it was wow. All about manifestation. I'm manifesting <laughs> that I'll go to Sydney. Hopefully, I can visit someday. And what do you enjoy doing when you're not immersed in work or writing? Uh, definitely surfing. I'm a very keen surfer. Um, so, yeah, it definitely have to be surfing would be number one, although I don't get to do it as much as I would like to. Um, I like to swim and I like to walk my dog, um, and he likes me to walk him as well. So that's nice, and it's a nice area to walk. So, uh-huh. um, But, yes, surfing would be number one. <laughs> yeah, most of Australians, I know they love surfing. Dr. Mark, your life journey includes a profound moment when you clinically died for about 10 minutes. So how did this experience influence your decision to become a doctor or did it not? Um, no, it didn't act it didn't at the time, um, to be honest. I was only young at the time. I was about 16, and my appendix burst as I was walking to school. Um, and I was lucky I got to a doctor's there's a GP that I knew around the corner. So I got to the doctors and they called an ambulance and luckily, yeah, I got to the hospital in time. I didn't realise how significant it was until much later in life, until I was probably in my 30s. Um, and then when when I had kids, I think that's when it really 
gelled because I told one of my children about it and they were shocked. Um, and they sort of talked about the fact that they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fact that I actually did live. Um, so, yeah, at the, at the time it didn't. I mean, when you're a teenager, um, you're invincible, right? You don't really think about things like that. And so, and because, to be honest, there was no... Um, there was no light. There was no. All, all I remember was in being extreme pain, and then passing out out the front of the doctor's surgery, um, and then waking up and I was in a hospital, and I was told that all of these things had happened, um, and so it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't any like thing life changing at the time. But since then, and now reflecting on it, especially reflecting on it since I've had kids, and them talking about the fact that they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for. Yeah, those yeah. doctors and that rush. Yeah, that that's really what's changed it. But but unfortunately, I didn't get any. No, no, <laughs> didn't see any lights or anything. No. I didn't know <laughs> no flashes of my life or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No near death experience. No, sadly not. <laughs> no, thankfully, yeah, you you were able to to survive and to do this amazing work you are doing now, Dr. Mark. And let's dive into the heart of your expertise and your latest book, The Connected Species. In simple terms, layman's, layman's terms, <laughs> could you shed light on the role of the human brain's specialization for connection? And how this specialization has evolved? I don't think we realize that, you know, us as a species, we've become the alpha species on this planet Earth and we've taken over the whole world um, as it is. But we're not the strongest species that's out there and we're not the fastest species that's out there. And we don't actually have the largest brain of all the species that are out there. And we've actually become the alpha because of our ability to connect, because of our ability to actually communicate and collaborate and to empathise with each other and, and to communicate with each other. And all of that has come about as a result of the way our brains have evolved. And more of our brain is actually dedicated to us connecting than anything else we actually do. So our brains are actually as large as they are um, to enable us to connect and enable us to actually collaborate. And our, our primitive drive is actually to be empathic, to actually want to collaborate with each other and to want to interact with each other and to want to help each other. And I think that's something that we don't realise. And we went through this stage where we had, you know, books written like The Lord of the Flies and we had all these movies around, um, you know, um, Wall Street and these things, arguing that we are innately evil and we've got to be, controlled to be good and it's not true we're actually innately good and we learn to be evil and we learn to be nasty and so we've actually got to realize that, we, that it's, it's those connections that are really important and we've got to connect more and i think we we need to be careful that we don't drive a wedge between different societies because of the way things are being set up in society and what we're taught because that's actually against our innate drive to actually connect and our brains have been designed for us to connect. And there's beautiful studies now showing that we actually want to be moral. We actually want to be ethical and we want to actually do the right thing by each other. And our brains get 
and more of our brains get active when we're actually doing the wrong thing than when we're doing the right thing, which suggests that our normal state is to do the right thing and actually treat each other nicely. And that's what we need to be doing more of. Um, and we need to get rid of this idea in society that we're actually nasty because we're not nasty. Uh, we're, we're taught to be nasty um, and we need to stop doing that. So you've seen babies. Babies, they get along better well. They, they yeah. don't... <laughs> Okay, they fight for toys, but this is another thing. And the connected species challenges the notion that humans are fundamentally selfish. So can you delve into this perspective, Doctor? Yeah, so we know that we, we're the only species in the world that actually collaborates across groups so if you think of like a honeybee hive they're amazing honeybee hives and they have all these different groups within it that all work together and they all have their own roles and all the rest of it and they all you know will, will die for each other and all the rest of it which is amazing but one honeybee hive will never go to another honeybee hive and say oh we've got extra honey this month you can have some as long as you give us some next time or there's some flowers over there that we didn't pollinate so you should pollinate them we are the only species on planet earth that actually connects across groups and actually collaborates across groups and we do that across the whole of the world so you know i have a laptop here that i'm working off and all the bits and pieces that go into that laptop come from all over the world and come from every society from all you know all over the world and and all the technology that's gone into that and all the discoveries and innovations gone into that has been developed over many 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 generations from people from all over the world uh, and we need to realize that all of the stuff that we have and all of this cool technology that we have and everything is because of the fact that we as a species have collaborated and connected across the world and across all these different societies. And that's what our brains are really set up for. And we know that actually just sitting down and chatting with someone you trust actually activates and therefore exercises more of your brain than anything else you can do because it's actually a really complicated thing to do. But it's also because our brains have evolved for us to actually sit down and chat with each other because it's the most important thing we can actually do as a human being. Um, and we know, now know through the Harvard study that was recently published that just sitting down with someone that you trust on a regular basis, face-to-face -face and chatting with them, will actually extend your life by 10 to 15 years and decrease the likelihood of you having neurodegenerative diseases. And we know that just sitting down and chatting to someone will you know, decrease the likelihood of you having mental health issues. It actually improves your cardiovascular system. So it actually makes you physically healthy as well just by sitting down and chatting with someone. So it, it is the most important thing that we need. And we're doing less and less of it these days than we ever have in the past. And so we need to be doing it a lot more and we need to be connecting with each other a lot more. And we also know that when we actually help someone whole bunch of really important neurotransmitters, uh, chemicals in our brain are released. In, they, we call them endorphins when we help someone. And those are there because it's so important for us to help someone that we have this biological effect that actually happens where we feel better and all these endorphins are released, which are really good for our cardiovascular system, or when we help someone else, right? We didn't evolve that system because we're nasty. We evolved that system because we want to help other people because that's that's our drive. That's what we actually do. And so we need to realise that and we need to start doing that way more often because it's so important for us as a species. Um, and sadly, yeah, there, there's a lot of things going on in society now 
that's pushing us apart and pushing wedges into our societies. Um, but but those have been designed and those are very specifically been designed by big companies and we need to stop that. We need governments to start working for us as a people um, so that we can stop, you know, these one percenters causing the issues that they're causing in society um, and start getting back to what fundamentally we actually need to do, which is to collaborate and to communicate and to socialise and to be empathic with each other and to love each other more than we do now. Exactly, Doctor. And I see that your book discusses how technology influences our perceptions and divisions. In this age of misinformation and connectivity, how can we mitigate these factors for healthier connections? Yeah, it's it's a real problem. And I mean, there's, there's really simple ways that governments can make changes with the technology and actually put stop to what's actually happening and they're not and they're not because of course there's huge amounts of money involved and 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 but they need to make those changes and there's some really simple ways they can do that but until they do that we need to realize that we can't trust anything that's actually online um, because you don't know who's written it and you don't know who the person is so we need to trust the people that we actually see face to face you only really know who someone is if you're actually face to face with them and you can actually see who they are and, and and of course that's even getting worse now with ai because now you can generate videos and stuff of people and and, and saying things and doing things that they, they they've never actually done so we need to realize that the only time we should believe someone is if they're sitting opposite us and we're talking to them and they're telling us something um and then we can truly believe that that person actually said that thing otherwise we can't trust it um, and we shouldn't trust it so we should trust the people who are around us we should trust the people that we are actually talking to and i think those people Uh, are going to love us and, and want the best for us. And so therefore we can actually believe in them. And I think schools need to realise this too. Um, I think schools need to get students offline and start actually teaching students because we know that's the best way to teach students is actually face-to-face. And we so we need to be teachers. Teachers need to teach students rather than having students online um, because they don't learn as well. Plus there's so much misinformation and there's so much danger online for both us and for them that we need to be doing more of that. So, yeah, we need to, to trust the people who are really in your life um, and don't trust the rest of the nonsense online because yeah. you, you never know where it's coming from. There are so many fake news nowadays. We don't know what we can believe. Also, I see that your book explores the negative consequences of our drive for connections such as racism, nationalism, So how do you suggest individuals address and overcome these challenges positively in their daily lives? Because, you know, internet can spread a lot of misinformation. Yeah, it does. And it does. And, and it's set up that way, unfortunately. Um, and we know that If it was set up in a different way, there's a lovely research now done showing that if you didn't have the algorithms running in the background for Google and for all these social media platforms, then we wouldn't have the division we've got. People would actually get closer together. So, you know, if we shut those down, that would be awesome. Um, but again, we need governments to actually legislate to actually do that, which they could do tomorrow if they wanted to, but they're not. Um, but hopefully they will at some stage. But we as people need to realize again that we're all good, right? That we are actually 
as a species, as our entire species, we all want to be good and we all want to be empathic with each other and we all want to trust each other. And so we need to, any biases that we have, and we all have biases, but to realise that we have those biases and to then slow down and actually think about it before we actually react to people um, based on is it that I'm reacting because I have a bias or am I reacting because this person has actually done something, you know, inappropriate to me? And, and most of the time you'll find that it's actually a bias that is making you feel the way you're feeling and therefore you shouldn't react in a negative way. Um, and assume the best of everybody because, my, you know, we, we are all here on this planet Earth trying to do the best we can and we are actually all trying to do the best with what we've got and what state we're currently in. And if someone is doing something that you don't like, realise that it's only because they haven't learnt yet that there's a better way. And maybe it's time for you to teach them the better way rather than reacting negatively to them, rather than shunning them, pushing them away, pull them in and actually go, hey, there's a better way to do this. You know, we can actually we can work together and make this a better place rather than pushing each other away and therefore fighting, therefore making it a worse place. We, we get to choose every day whether or not we live in a, in a beautiful place or we live in a harsh place. And I think we all need to start living in that beautiful place where we all react to each other in a, in a positive way rather than a negative way and realise that we've all got stuff to learn um, and, and let's help each other learn those those lessons. Yes, I, I agree that people in general or people are good, they have good intentions, so considering your expertise, what practical solutions would you propose to connect people? Yeah, I I, I work a lot with schools um, and I, I work a lot with teenagers and I always give the teenagers challenge that, you know, during the next school holidays that I want them to reach out and spend time with two or three of their friends. And I often get students say, but I don't have two or three friends that I can actually reach out to on the holidays to actually get together with face-to-face. -to -face. Um, and whenever I do that, I ask, you know, is there anyone else here who doesn't have anybody who they can reach out to? And usually about 50% of the students will put up their hand. And so they don't have anyone that they can reach out to. And, and that's a great opportunity because then I say, well, here you go. All these people who put up their hand are available for you to reach out to. Um, and now you have all these friends that you can actually meet uh, up with. So I think doing that, actually reaching out to people who you wouldn't normally reach out to, I think is really important. Travel, I love travel and I travel a lot. Um, travel is really important. But travelling where you actually meet the local people and you spend time in the local restaurants and you spend time in the local streets and you, you get lost. And another thing I, I often recommend, especially to when I'm presenting at schools is people get lost, you know. We don't get lost enough these days because we all have the apps and we're all looking at the maps rather than looking at the people. But put the phone away and get lost and ask someone for directions and who knows who you'll meet. You might meet your, your next boyfriend or girlfriend or <laughs> who knows, right? You might meet someone that who, who who is also lonely and says, hey, well, I was going there too, I'll take you. Or, yeah, I've got nothing to do this afternoon, let's go for a walk or whatever. But getting lost is something we used to do a lot and we used to ask people for help. And in actually asking someone for help, when they give you help, endorphins are released in their brain, which make them feel happy too. And so you're actually helping them by letting them help you actually find your way. So, yeah, we all, we all need to get lost more often. 
um, yeah, uh, which is really important thing to do. But yeah, going out, getting outside your comfort zone. Don't hang out with the same people you hang out with all the time. Meet new people, um, and it's it's amazing how many people want to meet meet people, right, and want to actually make friends. Because we're all very lonely these days. We have far fewer friends these days than we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, especially teenagers, um, but everybody. Um, so we need to be making more friends. Um, and we only do that by putting ourselves out there and saying, hey, would you like to get a coffee or would you like to have a chat or, you know, what's your name? <laughs> hey, I'm lost. Can you help me find my way wherever? Um, yeah, are all very easy ways to actually communicate. But it's about stepping back and, and being vulnerable um, and being willing to actually put yourself out there to meet these people. Because in the old days, we had to do it. We didn't have social media. We didn't have smartphones. We couldn't hide behind the screens. We used to actually talk to people. If you're bored, you used to have to find someone to play with, um, whereas these days we don't do that anywhere near enough. Doc, would you like to leave a message for our listeners today? I would. I would like just to say that remember that everybody is on a journey and that journey might not be your journey, but we're all trying to do the best we can. And so we all need to recognise that. And we are all looking for love, right? We're all looking for somebody to care for us. Um, and some people do that in strange ways that you may not understand or you may not appreciate but we are all looking for the same thing, which is love. Um, and so, you know, reach out to people uh, if you are feeling lonely. And if you're not feeling lonely, then reach out to people who you think might be lonely because mm. it's always good for you to do that. Beautiful words. And Dr. Mark, where can our listeners connect with you online and, of course, find your book? Yeah. So if you go to... Um, drmarkwilliams.com so drmarkwilliams.com um, you can sign up for my newsletter completely free and I promise I won't spam you, you just get a newsletter once a month from me <laughs> um, and it's completely free um, and you can get my book at any good bookstore anywhere around the world, I'm told according to the publisher um, yeah, so it's just The Connected Species um, Mark Williams um Definitely on Amazon, but at all other bookshops, you should be able to get it as well. Yeah, do you have Instagram? Or... I do Instagram and Facebook. It's the Dr. Mark Williams. Um, so if you just look up the Dr. Mark Williams, you should find me um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Sounds great. And for our <laughs> listeners, I would like to tell you that Dr. Mark will be featured in our magazine in January. So check out our website, www.relatable-media.com and you'll be able to read more about him. He See his book cover, access his work, and of course, contact with him. Dr. Mark, it was such a pleasure to be in the future talking with you. <laughs> I think the future is a, is a nice, is a good place. <laughs> and Thank I, you a lot. Yes, I hope you come back. I'm always happy to go back to Sydney. Right. That's awesome. I'd love to come back on. Um, and thank you so much for having me. It's been a real joy. If you enjoyed this episode, 
be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.